0: hey there scary parish it's tuesday april 5th 2022 welcome back to the cbs sports island college basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black matt Norlanda is here with me it's 103 a.m central time if you're watching live on youtube please smash the like button like your brandon davies you have consent when it comes to the like button you always have consent let's get right to it dead leg that's a season final score Kansas 72 North Carolina 69 wild game Tar Heels led by 15 at the half 40 25 led by as many as 16 in the game but Kansas stormed back took the lead and then love the way this stuff works out instead of Chalmers for the tie we had love for the tie but it looked more like Dozier for the championship than Chalmers for the tie in other words. It wasn't close. So Bill Self is now just the 16th coach in Division I men's basketball history to win multiple national titles. I watched the game from our CBS Sports Network. I'm now in my hotel room in New Orleans. Deadleg was inside the Superdome for the game. He's still inside the Superdome. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify or anywhere else, you can probably hear a bit of a ruckus. Nothing we can do about that. After big sporting events, they clean stuff up. It's just gonna have some noise dead leg let's start with you how much fun was uh that game for everybody except i guess north carolina fans
1: it was uh it was pretty awesome i thought we got a pretty great game and yes apologies that my i'm not i'm not on my usual mic here i'm using my onboard with the mac but didn't have the ability or want to lug the entire podcast board here in fact they killed the power on the press row here i should have enough battery to get us through what'll be a 35 or 40 minute podcast GP and I will have you we'll give you more podcast goodness later in the week um I was thankful that Guster didn't trend I didn't need that in my life although I got the Guster I got the small one look what the band sent me small Guster sticker right here so I had to get some use out of it there but uh man I gotta be honest when that when that game went into halftime Carolina up 15 I did I did kind of think this isn't over Okay. Or in the words of Connor, isn't that Connor McGregor's like big uh, soundbite? This is not over! Yeah. wasn't for Kansas. Who <laughs> oh, no. know oh, oh, what we're doing here, by the way? Um, the way that they were able to rally, you know, Baycott's ankle was a thing. He overcame it to a certain extent. Um, certainly significant. McCormick was wonderful. The way that Kansas won the game was actually the way that I wound up. I talked about this I, like six times on HQ in the pre- previous two days. I said, Abaji would not be a superstar. I had to talk props for like player over unders. I said he'd be under 16 points, 16 and a half, and he was, and that you'd get good showings from Remy Martin, David McCormick, Christian Brown, Jalen Wilson. That's exactly what happened. If you're watching on YouTube, Nada has brought up the stat broadcast final page there, and you can see just what everyone did overall. It was not the kind of game we got with Duke and Carolina. Big, you know, big uh, momentum shifts by the possession with lead changes and ties, but we did have six ties, six lead changes overall. And it was a pretty damn good national title game. Kansas was the better team. Once it made that push early in the second half, I thought if they can get this to a point where they actually get the lead, I think they might be able to hold on. They did. Now, we got really close to an all-time gaffe. Really close. When DeJuan Harris stepped on the OB, unforced error there, you thought, is Carolina going to actually send this thing to overtime? Caleb's love shot did not go. Look at that stat line on Love 5 for 24 can't overcome that not when Baycott's not fully healthy not when Brady Manick apparently you know he got conked and there was no concussion protocol that seemed to get put into place they needed him but that was a little bit odd uh but yeah you can see both sides I thought it was interesting I thought it was
0: interesting like he got clocked and then they didn't take him out of the game they just left him in and I'm not accusing anything of anybody or suggesting anything. It just popped into my head. If they take him out of the game, the first thing the trainer is going to do is talk to him and look at him. So like, just leave him in the game. <laughs> hey, don't, don't even give anybody an opportunity to do that right now. Again, I'm not suggesting anything. It's just, I know I you know, got gotcha. my mind. It just popped into my head.
1: Yeah, no, but him staying in the game, uh, even if like, I, I can't speak to how sound a decision that that was. I don't know. I don't know. But they needed him for sure, and he wound up producing. But, yeah, Bill Self, two national titles, 14 years after his last one. He uh, he gets it. You know, there's, there's a lot attached to this whole thing as well. We can get to that in a minute in terms of what is next for Kansas and all that. But how about the Jayhawks winning this thing after being, you know, the least discussed one seed, the least discussed team here at the Final Four? As you've mentioned before, this team was never rated as the best team in the sport at any point in polls or predictive metrics, or results-based metrics either. And it ends the season at the mountaintop. And, you know, it gets its fourth national championship as a program. I think this is a significant thing for Kansas and its fans to do this because one of the, you know, a tad ironic things about Kansas, it's, it's got more wins than any team now in men's college. play ahead by, what, four or five victories on Kentucky. And yet, from a national championship standpoint, Kansas has often not been the of the ball, the kid of the king of it all but they are here on this night in new orleans and bill self not only gets a second title he gets to have some redemption after not getting this done 10 years ago in this building when he lost to another blue blood in kentucky this time he beats carolina holds on to win and uh and sets a you know sets a a record in the process or or makes history they were down 16 in the first half 38 22 um after the game was 22 22 and then 15-point halftime deficit, they come out, they get they get the W.
0: You know, I, I would double dip in tonight. I obviously was on uh, pre- and post-game with CBS Sports Network, but I did halftime with CBS Sports HQ, which was uh, a lot of fun. That setup is just very different from network because, you know, it, it's typically fewer people. You have more time to talk. Um, you're talking more gambling. On network, we never talk gambling. So it's just like a really uh, – I love working with those guys, Hakeem Dermish, uh, Tim Doyle, Avery Johnson, just awesome people and colleagues, and really, really good. And we were on on stat uh, on set, and Hakeem was like, "So is this over?" And you know, everybody seemed to think that it probably was. And I, 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 I never said I think Kansas is coming back and winning, but I did say I think there will be a point in the second half where we go, "Okay, this is a game." I don't know if they're going to race a fifteen point lead or win it, but. If you watch the women's championship game on Sunday night, um, you know South Carolina was in control the whole time, but then UConn did, you know, make a run to where you go, okay, now we've got a game. And then just as soon as that happened, South Carolina pushed it back up the double digits. But there was a moment where you could p- sort of pause it and go, all right, we got a game, and that is what I said at halftime. I think we'll at least get that moment where we go, hey, all right, Kansas is back in this thing, we got a game, and it happened almost immediately. I mean, they. Came out of the second half and they really were guarding, making everything difficult for Carolina. And they got back into the game very quickly, then ultimately took the lead. And you're right, you know, Dewan Howard uh, Harris stepping out of bounds that was outrageous. And then, honestly, like I'm not going to argue with a Hall of Fame coach, but I mean, do you let me ask you, did, do you foul up three in that moment? Once you give the ball back to Carolina, you're up three, there's like 4.3 left. And they inbound and catch with, I believe, I I can't remember who it was, but somebody with, like, almost their back to the basket. If you wanted to foul in that – like, there's nobody close to – where the person caught the ball, they could not shoot it from that moment. You could have fouled right there. Bill chose not to, just play it out, and it led to an air ball. So, like, all's well that ends well. But, boy, if you you don't foul there and Caleb Love hits that three to send you to overtime, you are really getting second-guessed.
1: It was a tough spot because of where UNC was inbounding the ball, the time left on the clock, and the one thing you don't want to have happen is UNC, to be prepared for the foul, get a player in a position where he gets the shot up, anticipating correctly a foul coming if it were to happen, and then they get three foul shots, they go to the line, they get it to overtime that way. So because of where it was, I actually thought, and and I thought, I don't think they're going to foul here. I just thought the the angle that they were inbounding it on, UNC did not have a great night shooting overall. Not that they couldn't hit a shot if they needed to in that spot, but, you know, Carolina shot 31.5% from the field, 21.7% from three, only made five threes, three of which came from Manic, um, one of which came from Puff Johnson, who the game goes a different way. You know, Puff Johnson steps up, and did a great job in, uh, in Leaky Black's stead there, but. Puff Johnson woke up today and thought he was Spike Albright. That's right. Albrecht. Spike Albrecht, by the way. Not Albright. Albrecht. Albrecht. <laughs> Good old Spike. But no, I thought I thought that the uh, the no foul call on that spot, you take a chance on it. I did agree with it in the moment. I thought that's what they were going to do. And it winds up working out for them. But, yeah, it was a wonderful game. You know, quite tense. The, uh, the environment here was... Tremendous Because it was Kansas and Carolina, I looked around and I did not see hardly any empty seats. You know, sometimes you get to a title game and if you got a team that wasn't necessarily expected to get there or if it's a weird spot where, like, the Final Four site is pretty far away from one of the teams that's in there. You might have, like, pockets up high. That wasn't the case. It's Kansas. It's Carolina. Everyone wanted to make sure they were in the building. And the environment was incredible. It was great to feel that again. Obviously, we got it on the Final Four Saturday. And then we got it here, National Championship Monday. To just get this after a three-year break, I thought was fantastic. But, yeah, for Kansas, man, uh, I got I to gotta say, being on the floor 60 seconds after it was it was a wrap um, and seeing Ochai Abaji just emote with his family was extremely powerful. I actually there's a v- video that went viral with that. I got him on HQ 30 seconds after that and he was starting to recover. I was like <laughs> cuz I was we were ready to like pull him in and we and we got him and I was like, man, this he's having such a moment that you don't want to take him from that moment, but he started to recover a little bit and he was absolutely fantastic and for Abaji first team all-American, wasn't the player of the year But you get to the end of the season, you get to the mountaintop here. I thought it was kind of fitting for Kansas to win the way that it did in the style that it did. And I think for Kansas to have gotten the second-half situation it did against Miami in the Elite Eight, it probably wins this game because of that. Not to say that it possibly couldn't have done a GP, but having gone through that regional final, you know how much pressure can be in that kind of situation. You're, You're one half, one game away from going to the Final Four. Kansas responded beautifully well. In fact, how about this? Shouts to our CBS Sports Research team. So Kansas posted a third straight monster second half to do it. Third straight game, Kansas scored 40 or more in the second half. So down the stretch, regional final, Saturday national semi, title game on Monday, Kansas was a second half team, 40 plus after the break each time. What does that speak to? It speaks to Bill Self and his coaching acumen, his coaching ability. I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna write my title game column once we're done podcasting here, and uh, and you know I had a I had a coach text me in a power conference. Literally as the game is ending, I got my computer up. I got you know it's linked up to my iMessage, and he says the best coach in our game, and that's really the reality of it. Is a lot of coaches regard self as a tactician and how he manipulates a game, adjusts the stuff he draws up, that his ability to call up a play that Kansas will not have run in the past 15, 20 games, that kind of stuff. A lot of coaches think Self is actually the best one actively in the game going, and if not that, he's obviously top three, top five. And I thought the second half comeback spoke to his ability. He's not going to take all the credit for it. Players deserve plenty of it. But I actually thought it was a bit of a Bill Self special for him to get his team in that spot, make the adjustments, and wind up getting a three-point win.
0: Roy Williams retires after last season. Mike Chishtesky retires after this season. Now, unless I'm blanking on somebody – Jay Wright, Bill Self have multiple national titles. No other active coach does. That's correct, right?
1: Yeah, checking fact check No, Rick real Pitino. Rick, Rick Rick Pitino. I'm sorry, but uh, is it Patino? Patino does he have he he won two, but like the Louisville one was vacated. So for Rick Patino won
0: two. I don't care about that. Rick Pitino won All two right, national titles.
1: Not. Yeah. They're so not.
0: there's there's three there's three coaches in in college basketball Division one who have won multiple mm-hmm. national titles. And I guess, technically speaking, you could call Rick the best active coach. Eh, I'm fine with that. I I guess my point is this. Of, Of power conference coaches, I don't think there's anybody with a better resume at this point than Bill Self. Of guys who are currently working in power conferences, I'm not sure anybody has a better resume than Bill Self. Two national titles, four Final Fours, 20 conference championships, 10 conference tournament championships. And, like i think it's important to point out what he did this with you know as soon as i tweet final score kansas 72 north carolina 69 bill self is now this the 16th coach in division one men's basketball history to win multiple national titles you can guess what the replies look like right you know cheating this, ncaa that five level one violations i think it's important to understand what he won this championship with oh chabaji was like, ranked outside of the top 200 in his high school class. Christian Brown was just a guy. Um, you know, Ribby Martin was a good high school prospect, but, like, he's a transfer from Arizona State. Uh, you know, Dewan Harris. Um, you know, this is not some roster field with McDonald's All-Americans and or, you know, future lottery picks. I mean, Ochai is, as, as you learned on the last podcast. But, you know, the rest of those guys are not. You know, this is not the most talented team in the country. It's not one of Bill Sells' most talented team, or I think, you know, in many ways, one of his best. But he won this one because he's a great coach, like a great coach. Like, I work with, you know, some former coaches who, you know, don't love a lot of the stuff that came out in the FBI scandal. By definition, if I work with a coach, he's a former coach, probably one who got fired at some point for not winning enough. And so they don't love that the sport has been riddled with, you know, people who have either broken the rules themselves or had other people slash shoe companies do it for them. They don't love that. But I will tell you, I have never heard a coach ever talk about Bill Self without saying the guy's really a great coach. Like, you know, did Adidas help Kansas at some point? Yeah, sure, whatever. But, But, yeah, but, man, that guy's a great coach. And I think not that he needed to solidify that, on monday night but i think he certainly did you know to be able to make whatever adjustments he made at halftime and get kansas first back into the game and then you know get kansas a, a national title you know the guy is he's i'll take it a step further i think he's an all-time great college basketball coach
1: yeah no i think that's that's absolutely the case no doubt about it uh in winning his second by the way these are the coaches that have exactly two in their on their dossier ever. Crum finished with two. Donovan, two, obviously. Hank Iba had two. Ed Jucker, Branch McCracken, Dean Smith finished with two. Phil Wolpert and Jay Wright are the ones that have two national titles, exactly two, no more, no less, uh, to their name there. And I just want to you know mention again the fact that Jalen Wilson, Christian Brown, David McCormick, Remy Martin going really good in the second half after being out of sorts all over the place in the first half. They really, they you know, they pulled it together in a really significant way. And this is not one of the five most talented, seven or eight most talented teams. Kansas. Kansas has had so many loaded teams, so many. And to me, one of my biggest takeaways from this outcome, Parrish, is that to what we're talking about with Self, how he's regarded. When you're that good, if you stay in the game, you usually, like, this seemed like it was going to happen again eventually, so long as Self decided to keep on coaching, keep on pushing at it. He's at Kansas. The break is going to come your way, and that speaks to more to, yes, the place he coaches at and his coaching ability, but the NCAA tournament's a tough deal. Getting to a Final Four is extremely hard, winning a national championship, you know, it's 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 as agonizing as it is glorious and in, in how difficult it is. But when you're a coach as good as self, it's frankly, it's like being a golfer as good as, you know, Phil Mickelson. You know, I won't call him Tiger Woods because Tiger Woods is on a, a, a different you know realm altogether and self isn't the greatest coach in the history of the sport. We all know that's McCronin. Right. Uh, but if you are at it for that long. I just think his second title was inevitable at some point here, you know, get your NCAA jokes in and I completely get it and absolutely go after it. But you know, it's not surprising. And you know, even though I didn't know you in 2008, if I had uh, walked up to you in 2008 and said, Hey, we're going to work together one day and you're not going to have hair. (laughs) And I said, how long do you think it'll take for Bill self to get a second national title? Or do you think he will? You absolutely would have said, Oh, like, he's going to be – Bill Self's going to get to a second championship. And you probably said, I don't know when it'll happen, but, you know, probably be in the next, you know, five to ten years maybe. Who knows? It could be next year. Took longer than expected, but the result here is just not all that surprising. He feels like a coach that should have multiple national championships the same way Jay Wright is, and he finally reached that uh, that accomplishment here tonight. And you can now officially call him – many Kansas fans consider this already, but he's the greatest coach in the history of Kansas basketball. And so because of that, he becomes one of the greatest coaches in the history of college basketball, period.
0: No, um, Bill getting a second title, especially with this team, is evidence of something I have said for a long time. Now, I've, I've largely said it about guys like John Calipari or even, even Mark Few. Um, if you keep building teams, if you keep creating teams – that are good enough to win a national championship. Because like there, there's always five or six teams every year that are, quote, good enough to win a national championship. Or at least it appears that way. Maybe last year, only Gonzaga and Baylor were good enough to win a national title. Maybe that's true. But in most years, it feels like there's five or six teams to win a national title, good enough to do it. If you keep building teams that are good enough to do it, eventually you will do it. It'll just happen for you. And if you go all the way back to... I don't know, 2007. I'm just going to run through you the seeds of these Kansas Jayhawk teams. 2007, one seed. 2008, one seed. 2009, three seed. 2010, one seed. Then a one seed in 11. A two seed in 12. A one seed in 13. A two seed in 14. A two seed in 15. A one seed in 16. A one seed in 17. A one seed in 18. A four seed in 19. Would have been a one seed in 20. Dumb pandemic. A three seed in 21 and a one seed in 22. When you are a top two seed that many times, you are basically giving yourself an opportunity to win the national championship every single year. Um, and so I, I thought Bill was, I don't know, I liked that he acknowledged this. I believe it was on Sunday. He said, for as many great teams as we've had, we should have more national titles than we have. And not many coaches would say that. They'd talk about, you know, you never know. And the tournament and madness and single elimination and it's hard to do and it's hard to get just one and he was like no we should have more than one we should have more than one by now with all the great teams we've had and now he's got two and i, I you ready for this he'll get three he'll get three and i don't know that it'll take him 14 more years i don't know if he'll, he'll get, get three. three why would he not get three? First off all, all the great coaches coach into their 70s if they want to all right, he's only fifty nine uh, years not, old. Bill
1: Self is not; he's not coaching into his seventies. That's not happening. You don't, yeah, you don't know that. Do you know what they'll pay him that, to actually. keep coaching? I do. You know don't that. Know,
0: you know. Listen, I don't doubt that he's told you that or told other people that. I, I, I can't tell you how many coaches say, "If I'm ever in, if I'm ever in this." If you see me in this gym at Jam... If, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you see me
1: coaching on the sideline, you pull me off that court right now. When I'm oh, 60, how many coaches
0: have old. said that to you? You're talking to a 48-year-old 48-year-old coach and they say, If you see if you walk in this gym one day and I'm sitting here at 62 years old watching 17-year-olds, put a gun to my head and pull the trigger. Like I can't tell you how many coaches have seen that. And then I watch a 65-year-old, the same dude walk they tell me that back when I have hair. Now I don't have hair. Now those guys are 63 had hip replacement surgery and they're still like you know at peach jam evaluating prospects they i never heard a coach say i'm going to coach till I'm 70 never they never say they're going to do it they all think they're going to get out but then they can't get out very few can get out um and like with the money he's making now like they'll pay uh, you know they'll pay him hey c- keep uh, oh i'm th- uh, hey guys i'm you know I was 59 when I won my last title now I'm 64 kind of ready to move on with my live. Well, what if we gave you a new five-year, $40 million contract? Will you keep coaching? I, I I bet you he's still coaching in 10 years. I bet you he's still coaching in 10 years, and I bet you he's got a third national title by then because he's going to keep building teams every year that are good enough to do it.
1: All right. We'll see. We'll see on that. You'll see you on might, that. You might uh... – <laughs> You might guffaw at uh, the direction I'm taking my column here, but uh, no, we'll I saw that the, but, the, the no. And don't spoil. Like, don't spoil. Don't spoil. Don't spoil for the, don't spoil for the audience that's watching live here. I want to actually formulate the thoughts before I actually make sure that's what I'm writing. But yes, yes.
0: Yeah, I would and say. Keep... Yeah, I all I saw was the tease, and I was like, nah, I don't know about that one, leg. I got confidence in you. You're a brilliant writer. Maybe you can
1: pull it off. Yeah. But just seeing the tease, I was like, I
0: don't know about that. I don't know about. Can that. we?
1: Can we talk real quick? I, I saw this might have been a little bit of a thing. Maybe you you can speak more to it because you were watching the game on TV. Uh, it seems like Carolina fans are making a little bit out of Baycott hurting his ankle the way that he did. Uh, well, you okay. know, I, the floor always seems fine. I, 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 I got to say the integrity of the of the playing surface that they play on here. Always seems terrific. And Baycott had a wobbly wheel, so I don't know if it was the actual playing surface or not. I do know I winced when I watched the replay of him twisting that and, and being done for good there. But uh, what can you speak to with what happened there?
0: Okay. Admittedly, I did not notice anything with the floor in real time. You know, they showed the replay multiple times on the broadcast – we're all sitting there watching. There's like 12 of us in there. though, you know, the whole, you know, me, Adam Zucker, Wally Zerbia, Brent Stover. I don't have to go through all the na- names. We're all watching the game live. We're all watching the same replays. Nobody noticed anything with the floor. But I did see on Twitter uh, somebody slowed it down and you can very clearly see the floor. Like, you know, how when you step on a trampoline
1: and it GP, just sort of. No lie kyle boone is over on the court right now and he's like bouncing up and down on the floorboards over there i swear to you right now this is what he's doing right now kyle boone right over there that's, that's it that's inve- that's investigative journalism exactly
0: tell him to put his put his strong jaw on the floor exactly. and see if he can push he's, see if he can push it down with his jaw see if he he's, can he's, push he's, the floor down with his jaw
1: He's walking, he's waving back, he's walking away. He investigated, he's walking away. It must be, it, if it's good enough for him, then you know what? I think it should be good enough for everyone else.
0: I will tell you that um, when I saw a slow motion replay, it looked like when you step on a uh, a trampoline and your foot sinks, it looked like Baycott's foot sank into the floor, and and then he rolled his ankle. That's what it looked like. The slow motion replay seems to show that based on what I saw on my phone.
1: Fair enough. Um Quick thought on Hubert Davis. What an incredible first season this was. To think about where UNC was early in the season and the blowback he was receiving into January and early February. It's a, you know, the deep swoons that this team went through. And no title hurts. You get here, it stings. But this is definitely a situation where... You get a few weeks out. You get a few months out. You get a few years out. You look back and you say, man, what a what an opening salvo that was for Hubert Davis to get to a championship game, to get the two wins against Duke that he got, forever as the winning record against Mike Krzyzewski, play his, coach his team into a, a three-point title game. And, yeah, they could have had it. And on a certain level, Davis, he might, he might be stinging from this even more because he talked about on Sunday <laughs> – We mentioned this on the pod – where he watched the Kansas loss that he suffered as a player every single year until he was on the staff that won it in 17. Now he loses to Kansas as a coach. He could have had it, man. Up 15. They had some moments. In the first half, it was hard not to think in the first half, Carolina's going to do this, man. They're going to become the second eight seed to do this since Nova. It could not pull it off there. Again, I think this is way more, way I understand Caroline had some boneheaded plays in the second. I get that. And Love was not playing well. He also got hurt. He also got hurt. But it, to me, it was it was so much more about Kansas executing the comeback and taking – I don't think this was like a UNC full job whatsoever. Agree?
0: Listen, you're up 15 in at halftime. You're up 16 in the game. You don't want to lose that game. Um, I, I fundamentally believe that – If you're a really good team and you're up 16 points, the other team can't just come back and beat you. You have to contribute to that a little bit. And they contributed to it a little bit. Like if you go back to 2008 title game, you know, what you remember is the Memphis comeback. I mean, the Kansas comeback. But like Memphis collapsed. Like both things can be true. Kansas cannot come back and win that game down nine with two minutes to go um, without Memphis contributing to it. And I'm not sure that Kansas can come back and win this game. Without North Carolina contributing to it. I don't know if you saw the post game interview with Bill South, but he actually referenced that because Tracy Wolfson was like, uh, or no, Jim Nance, I'm sorry. Jim was like, you know, what did you say at halftime? You know, it's the typical thing you ask somebody. Yeah. yeah." And um, Bill said, I really didn't say much, but I did say, what would you rather be down (laughs) 15 with 20 minutes to go or down nine with two minutes to go? Because in 2008, we were down nine with two minutes to go. And I can tell you, just from a math perspective, that's way worse place to be. You'd much rather to be down fifteen with twenty to go than nine with two to go. We came back down nine with two to go. We're fine. And he sort of they he said they played off that a little bit. And um, yeah. and, and so, listen, I, if Hubert went back and watched the game he lost as a player a million times, well then he's going to be on this one a lot, and he'll see a lot of things he doesn't like. It'll make you sick to know. Like, you know, I, I'm not I don't have any idea what the rest of Hubert's career is gonna look like, but I, I feel comfortable betting he's never up 15 points at halftime of a national championship game again, if only because most people aren't, period. Right? Yeah. So when you lose that, it's it it'll get you. But I think if you can take a deep breath and back up and take a wide view at this season, what an incredible first season. Much better than most people ever have in their first season as a head coach better than most hall of fame, coach. I, I, I guess just about every hall of fame coach. It's a better first season than just about every hall of fame coach has ever had. You went to the title game and on the way to the title game, you beat your rival in their goat coach's final home game. You beat your rival in the final four ended their goat coach's career. And then you lost to a better team in the title game. You were up 15 at the half. You were up 16 in the game. You want to win it, but you know, on set tonight, Brent Over was like, "How do you think North Carolina fans will view this season?" And I think if you take get a few, you know, little distance between that moment and uh, and where you are, then you look at it and you go, "Man, that was a uh, didn't end the way we wanted, but that was a hell of a first season, and we did some really nice things."
1: UNC finishes twenty nine and ten overall. The only games it lost since February sixteenth were to Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament semifinals, and then on Monday night to Kansas, 72-69. As for Kansas, it will finish this season as the number third team at Ken Palm. Gonzaga, Houston, Kansas, Baylor, Arizona are your top five. And GP, do you remember that wild Saturday when all those top ten teams lost, and you had it was the six top sixteen? Remember that that day?
0: I remember it like it was yesterday.
1: It wasn't yesterday. But sure, if you say so. No, I um, remember it like
0: it was yesterday.
1: Okay. What were the teams then? I forgot. Okay. There we go. Since now I posited, I posed the question, excuse me, I posed the question to you on that Sunday podcast. I said, will any of the teams that lost and that was, you know, that was, it was Gonzaga, and it was Kansas, and it was Arizona, and it was Kentucky, and it was Texas Tech, and it was Duke, and it was Tennessee, and there were all these good teams, right? All the, there were so many good teams that lost that day. I said, "Will any of the teams that lost today never lose again on their way to winning the national championship? Will we have the eventual national champion in this group, and will they run the table? Do you remember what your answer was?" I I forgot. Okay. You said yes. You said yes, and the answer was Kentucky. Wasn't Kentucky? Well, but Kansas came. Re- Kansas came really close. Kansas lost that Saturday at home, or excuse me, at Baylor by ten. On t- the next Tuesday, it dropped its final game of the season. It lost by ten at TCU. I was going to get that right
0: if you to trivia timing. Eh?
1: And since then, Kansas won. TCU, Texas, West Virginia, TCU again, Texas Tech in the Big 12 title game. And then it's road here in the tournament, Texas Southern, Creighton, Providence, Miami, Villanova, and then North Carolina. I believe the seed sum, so you've got a 16 and 8, that's 24. Providence is a 4, that's 28. Miami was a 10, that's 38. Nova was a two. That's 40. So you got a total of 48. Is that right? 48 or 49. It's not the highest collective seed total for a national champion, but I think it ranks among like the top five since the tournament expanded. Don't think Kansas got an ultra easy road, but I did get an easier road than most. Nevertheless, credit again to the Jayhawks, Bill Self. on getting a great win here on Monday night.
0: So. You know, I, I mentioned it earlier. I tweet, Bill Self just won this, and immediately it's NCAA that level won that. Uh, There is no such thing. Anybody who listens to this podcast understands what I'm about to say because you've heard me say it before. There's no such thing as defending your national title. You don't defend anything in the sport. They cannot take the national title from you if you lose next season. You never are the defending champion because you're not defending anything.
1: Bill Self might need to defend this. Next Bill Self season, actually Bill Self might need to literally defend this stuff. So,
0: okay. Next season, Kansas will be. Follow me here. Spread the word. Kansas will be your reigning national champion. But they will not be the defending national champion because they're not defending anything. Boxers defend something. UFC fighters defend something. Roman Reigns defends something. Basketball teams don't defend anything. You win a title, that's your title. Now you go try to win another title, so they won't be defending anything next season. But will they have an opportunity to repeat as national champions? Big bet. <laughs> I almost called you my radio producer. <laughs> I've got nicknames for everybody now. I, I can't I, even I, keep it straight.
1: I'll roll with it.
0: I'll roll. I, with almost it. Ca- I almost called you Big Bet Bennett. You're not Big Bet Bennett, and you're not Strong Jaw. You are Dead Leg. Dead Leg. Will Kansas have
1: an opportunity to repeat as national champions next season? I had someone say, "You're the Dead Arm guy?" I'm like, "No, Dead Arm is Gary Parrish. Gary Parrish is Dead Arm and Dead Tooth." I, "You have the wrong appendage, my friend." But I did have I someone my, come up to me and say, "Dead Arm?" No, no. What am I? Dead Arm Gary Parrish.
0: One of our producers, the great Jim Hildebrand, he he asked me today tonight, just sort of like, you know, casual conversation. He was like, uh, "So why do you call him Dead Leg?" And I was like, "It's actually a really dumb story. Like I created Indeed an entire is. I created created an entire nickname out of a a very minor event in your life.
1: Yes, that is correct. We don't got time for this. I got to write a column here. So what was the question? Will Kansas be able to compete for a
0: back-to-back national title next season?
1: No. I don't think so either. No, No, I would expect Kansas to get a postseason ban for next season. That will also be in the column. But, yes, Kansas, I would anticipate the Kansas Jayhawks – will not be eligible to compete in the 2023 postseason, which would mean both the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament.
0: All right, before we get out of here, I do want to mention the preseason top 25-1 and just real quick, only because I tweeted that I would. So uh, you know what? We'll do that next. Nada, you better have this thing cocked and loaded. (laughs) You better have this
1: thing cocked and loaded. We'll do that next. But first, a word from our sponsors. with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
0: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So I put together the preseason top 25 and 1. I have no idea if it's up at this moment, but uh, if... uh... Look at that sticker. But if it's uh if you're catching this on Tuesday morning, it should be up by then. As I note at the top of the top 25 and one, there is this is literally the hardest it's ever been to project rosters because of the one time transfer waiver, because of the transfer portal, because of the extra COVID year. Like everybody in the country except for Colin Gillespie and Brady Manic still eligible to play college basketball if they want to. Um so like you just do the best you can. Um, but, you know, that said, I've got UCLA number one in the preseason top 25-1 and one based on Johnny Juzang, Hami Hakkez, and Tiger Campbell returning. And they'd be joined by a top-10 recruiting class highlighted by five-star prospects Amari Bailey. You know about his mom? You do. She thick, boy. She thick. Woo! Thick. So they got two five-star freshmen. You put them with Johnny Juzang, Hami Hakkez, Tiger Campbell – Right now, that's your preseason number one team at CBS Sports. Number two, I've got North Carolina. Listen, I know that Baycott could like decide to move on. Caleb Love could decide to move on. Here's the truth: Everybody on Carolina's, everybody in Carolina's rotation, which is like six guys, everybody in Carolina's rotation is eligible to return to school except for Brady Manning, and nobody in Carolina's rotation is a projected first round pick. How much is name, image, and likeness rights worth for Armando Baycott, Caleb Love? Nice. compared to what compared to what they'll make trying to play professional basketball somewhere. I don't know if those guys are coming back, but for the purposes of the version 1.0 of the top 25 and 1, I got everybody except Brady Manic returning. I've got Carolina at number 2 in okay. the top 25 and 1. I'm not going to go Ar- through the whole thing. I Arkansas promise. 3, Arkansas 3, Kentucky 3. Okay. I've got Oscar Shebway back, Xavier Wheeler back, Keon Brooks back. I've got Shaden Sharp in the NBA draft. He's okay. a projected top 10 pick. I know he's con- he's considering staying at Kentucky. Most top 10 picks don't come back to school. They enter the NBA draft. I'm assuming he is until he says he's not. But if he decides to play at Kentucky next season, there's a chance that could move Kentucky to number one. Number four, I've got Baylor based on a- LJ Cryer, Adam Flagler, Matthew Meyer, all returning to school. I got Kendall Brown and Jeremy Sohan in the NBA draft. Number five, I've got Houston because Kelvin Sampson is still the coach. If J.D. note would have returned to Arkansas, I would have the Razorbacks higher, maybe even number one. As it is, I've got them sixth. I've got Drew Perfect. Timmy back at Gonzaga. Mm. But I've got Chet Holmgren, Rasier Bolt. Like, where's Drew Timmy going? Is Drew
1: Timmy making more money playing Gonzaga? I think he's Gonzaga? back. I think he's I, back. I'll say he's, he's back. back. But I put it like 60-40, he's back.
0: Yeah, so I've got Drew Timmy back. I've got Rasier Bolton under Andrew Nimhard gone, only because they've indicated that they are. And Chet Holmgren, obviously gone. I still got Gonzaga seventh. At number eight, I've got Kansas, your reigning national champion. I'm assuming they lose, and this is just based on what I'm being told. They're um, assuming they lose ocharbaji Christian Brown, and David McCormick. But Brown and McCormick are not projected first-round picks. They've got eligibility left. If they wanted to come back and capitalize on name, image, and likeness, that'd be great for Kansas, and Kansas would move up. Number nine, I've got Duke losing five players early in the NBA draft, but enroll in the number one recruiting class with four five stars. Uh and then at 10, I've got Tennessee um, returning four of the top five scores. Basically everybody that matters except for Kennedy Chandler. So as I point out in the All right. uh, in version one point.
1: I, I got yeah, that's a good point.
0: yeah. It, it, I've got um as I point out, this will change. Like there are some players I've got coming back to school who won't. There are some players I've got leaving who will come back. The transfer portal will dictate a lot of this stuff. Where high school recruits decide to enroll late, that'll matter too. You'll certainly have some reclassifications as the summer progresses. This will change maybe 50 times. So don't get too mad about version 1.0 because version 2.0 will be different, and there'll be about 50 of these before we start the next regular season. I know you're exhausted, and you should be. You've been working uh, and, like incredibly hard. Even my wife, when we saw you outside the set the other day, she was like, "Norlander seems stressed. Is he okay?" And I said, "He's just tired. I'm he's not working
1: stressed. a lot." Stressed? Yeah, I just tired. Said, There's no stress. Although I'll tell you right now, I'll tell you what I've been looking at for five minutes. I got Mike DeCorsi doing a hit over there. I don't even want He's talking into his phone. I've seen Adam Zagoria, who you refused to room with, in the same hotel room. Jeff Borzello, Myron Metcalf. What? And I think it was Billy Wits from the New York Times. They've been throwing this Frisbee around on the court for about 10 minutes here. Just having a great time. They filed their stories. I did HQ. I'm with you. I got to do another story. Where did I go wrong? I I got our buddies here tossing tossing the discus around on the court. Like they're on a college quad right now. Borzella, what what are you doing with your life?
0: You know what you and I got to do? Here's what you and I, we got to sit down this offseason and figure this out. This is what you and I got to do. We gotta figure out how to get great at one thing so that so that we don't have to do everything. (sighs) We gotta
1: figure out how to get great at one thing. So it goes.
0: No, you know what? I like doing everything. I wouldn't want it any other way.
1: All right. You wanna write my column?
0: Absolutely (laughs) not. That's what I thought. Absolutely not. Listen, we're gonna get out of here because you're tired and you need to go. Uh may I I think we might get to Nada seemed to suggest we might get together again on Wednesday. Maybe Thursday. Maybe Wednesday. May, maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday. At that point, I will tell you about how I got stuck having to ride the city of New Orleans train home on Tuesday from New Orleans to Memphis. I'm yeah. taking a train home. I'll yeah, tell that story. I'll also tell the story about how tonight. On set, CBS Sports HQ, I was heckled for five minutes straight. And do you want to know why? Because the people heckling me were convinced I was Rex Chapman. Love it. Hey, it. F you, Save. F, Save. F you, Rex. Hey, Rex, why don't you go F yourself? I'm like, I'm not Rex Chapman. I was sitting in a chair, so they couldn't see that I'm like a foot shorter than Rex Chapman. This is a tough night. It's a rough one. Congrats to... Congrats to Kansas. Congrats to Deadleg, and shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. I don't have a Baylor player. Well, it's been a it's been a busy. You know what? It's fine. You know what? Shouts to Jeremy Solan. Okay, fair legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys for listening once again. Now in college basketball podcast, dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. If you're not subscribed, you know what to do. In all seriousness it's 147 Central Time Zone. It's 247 on the East Coast. If you're still with us live on YouTube, that is amazing. There's a million other things you could be doing right now, like sleeping or smashing, but you're right here with us, and like that that sincerely means a lot. I'm not even trying to be goofy. Um, The idea that you guys participate in the comments, uh, stay engaged, and allow us to do this for a living, we don't take it for granted. Norlander might, but I certainly don't. So thank you. Boon. Everybody. 100. That's Strongjaw. Hey yeah, Strongjaw. Yeah, <laughs> That's Strongjaw.
1: There it is. That was
0: that was Strongjaw. Thank yeah. everybody for listening. What a wonderful season we had. You've helped us grow this thing to places uh I don't know if we ever if we never thought it would get here. I never really thought about any of it. But you took it to a place it's never been. Thank you for that. We're going to talk to you again real soon. Till then, (laughs) take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.